Welcome back to another season of True North A. It's me, Raz Devraj, alongside my good buddy, Jesse. Hey guys, how's it going? So, been, it's been a while since we've um, had, a, had an episode, but that's typically what's going to happen in the off-season. Um, so, yeah, how was, uh, how was your summer? My summer was too fast. Yeah. You know, it felt like things just went way too fast. Uh, I was I was working actually at Spruce Meadows doing horse jumping and the weeks just seemed to just fly by you know especially May and June yeah I got to enjoy July and August a bit more headed up to Manitoba uh, nice. shout out Dauphin I uh, got to see some family there do some fishing and other than that yeah I was just hanging out with family and friends uh, going out a couple times and just working nice man yeah how was your summer yeah, I mean, pretty much the pretty much some of the same stuff. Uh, it was definitely fast for me too. Um, I started off the summer doing a doing an internship with Sportsnet, the Flames Radio, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, I played played a lot of ball hockey this summer. Um, had a tournament up in Hamilton, so that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that was probably the highlight of my summer. Fun time with the boys, and yeah, again hanging out with family, just chilling out and. Getting ready stuff. to come back to do this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, another year. Another year, another year season. Too. Um, I'm excited to get this going again. Me too. Um, yeah, so we thought we would do another standings prediction episode just before the season gets underway. Um, yeah, we're going to, I think we'll do the Western Conference this episode and then Eastern uh, Conference, Eastern Conference another episode. episode. Yeah, so let's start with the Central Division. We're gonna go um, eight through one on who we on where we think the teams will end up in that division. So, um, in eighth place, I have the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know how you feel about that, but uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your eighth? Uh, no, I'm actually surprisingly I'm gonna agree with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't wanna you know I don't wanna have any kind of bias or anything. Yeah. So purely just based on the rosters and whatnot from the other teams in the Central, mm-hmm. I think that Chicago definitely has the weakest defensive core mm-hmm. and weakness in goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just signed Soderblom, who I didn't think was very good at all last season. Yeah, he went like two and ten, and Mrazek's not any better, going ten and twenty-two. So, yeah, I don't like our goaltending. I don't like our defense. I think we should bring up the rookie, uh, who's not a rookie anymore, obviously, but Jackson Starbor, Stauber. Uh, he went 5-1 and one last season and looked really good. So I think that we should bring him up. But, yeah, I mean, we get Bedard as our first overall pick. That's obviously... I don't even want to get into what I think about that. But. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, just for uh, the city of Chicago. And it kind of looks like a... A replicant of Patrick Kane, uh, just that that first overall pick. Uh, you, you know they have a similar story. They broke both broke their wrist, and you know had to develop their their offhand with their backhand shot. And it's really neat uh, that story. And you know he also has some family and uncle who also played in Chicago. Yeah, I found that very interesting. Makes so, it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, just uh, my my eighth spot is Chicago. Uh, no doubt about it, they, they definitely have the weakest roster out of uh, the other central teams. 
And I think this is one of those years where there's going to be a lot of expectations because they have the first overall pick with mm-hmm. Bedard. But unfortunately, in this league, one player does not make up a team. Right. Uh, we've seen that with McDavid, you know? 100%. How many, how many years now have the Oilers been superpower on offense? Yeah. But they can't go far in the playoffs because unfortunately, putting the puck in the net is only one aspect of the game, yep. you know? You have to defend and you have to have a good goaltending. Yeah. Uh, along with that, so I have the Hawks at eight. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I also have the Hawks at eight. Um, you know, there there are a few good additions they made. I mean, adding Taylor Hall, a little a good veteran presence for Bedard to play with, I think was a great move by uh, the Blackhawks. Um, and then obviously they had Nick Felino come over and Corey Perry, more veteran presence, which I think is important because you know this team is fairly young. You've got guys like, of course, you said Connor Bedard, and then you have Lucas Reichel, Cole Gutman. You know, Kurdyshev's still pretty young. Um, so, you know, it's important to have that veteran presence. But overall, just looking at the lineup, it's it's not good enough no. to even be close to talking about playoffs. I mean, and like their forward group aside, their defense is where you know it really Falls it really off. hurts to to look at because. I mean, your first, your first uh, defensive pairing is Seth Jones, and then Wyatt Kayser. I don't even know who that is. Who no one's really heard of. I mean, he has yeah. no stats, which means he hasn't even played an NHL game yet. So yeah, I mean, for him to be projected as the first defensive pairing with Seth Jones, it's yeah. a little bit, a little bit interesting. And the fact that Nikita Zaitsev is, has made your team is, it speaks for itself, right? So. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to go on on the on the Blackhawks. You pretty much nailed it, but yeah, they're they're gonna be in eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's hear you go in seventh. In seventh, I have the St. Louis Blues. Um, the Blues are an interesting team because you know they they kind of lost uh, obviously Tarasenko, O'Reilly, like Tarasenko last season, but. They're an interesting team because I don't see them being very good this year. Uh, their forward, their forwards. I, I like the first line with Bushnevich, Thomas, and Cairo. I think everyone knows that those players and knows what they do. But aside from that, um, I don't think Beddington is very good, and I don't think he's proven a whole lot. And just this team overall in general. Uh, I think some players are getting a lot older, mm-hmm. like Justin Falk, Nick Letty on the defensive core, mm-hmm. even Scandella. Like they're all they're all aging, getting up there in age, and I just don't see a whole lot of ceiling for this team. Uh, I see a floor season, and I think there's some more rebuilding that they have to do. Yeah, um, in seventh, I also have the St. Louis Blues. Um, I'm just gonna go out and said and say that from my seventh place to my fourth place, those four teams. I agree. I mean, like, I think that it could end up anyway. Yeah. But just solely based off of the roster, I'm gonna I'm gonna go St. Louis at seventh as well. Um, yeah, they lost Ryan O'Reilly. They lost Nola Chari. They lost Tarasenko, and that's pretty much your first line, mm-hmm. which is now completely gone and it's your second line that is now your first line even though players like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are considered elite in the league 
they're going to be the two guys, as, as, along with Buchnevich, those three guys are going to carry your offense. But how much can one line do? Because, as, like you said, as soon as you move on from that first line, there's not really anything there. No, the second line, you know, it's all right. It's not amazing. Saad, Shen, and Kapanen. But yeah. aside from that, like, you have Jacob Vrana, Kevin Hayes, and Sammy Blyes as your third line. Yeah. And uh, Torpuchenko, Sanquist, yeah. and Neighbors as the fourth line. Like, yeah. those are just not high productive players. No. And Neighbors will be. He will be in the future, but obviously he has to he's, develop. Yeah, he has to develop. He's still young. So, I mean, there's not much you can expect from him. But, yeah, like, looking at this lineup, you've only got one player that has scored over 30 goals. Yeah. And la- from last year. So, there's not, there's not much offensive production that's going to happen from this team, along with your aging decor. Um, yeah. In sixth, I'm going to go... Sixth place, I'm going to go Arizona. You know, I really do like the way this team is headed. I think they're trending in the right direction. Um, great, great additions in Kerfoot and Zucker. Mm-hmm. And then being able to bring back players like Bukestad and Stetcher. Yeah. Um, it's just, when you look at this lineup, it's completely different from what it was last year. And it's... Like, last year they had Travis Boyd on the second line. And now you're looking at it and you're like, okay, Travis Boyd is on your fourth line where he should be. Because they've been able to go out and acquire players that fit um, your second and third line. And then obviously what a lot of people are excited to witness is Logan Cooley. He also fills up a spot this year. And he's projected to be um, centering Matthias Michelli and Jason Zucker. Um, we both saw what he did last night uh, in Australia against the Kings. That, that was, was like, I mean, I did that too yesterday, but I did it on NHL 23. He <laughs> did that in real life. <laughs> so I mean, if he's make if he's out there making these video game moves, yeah. I in preseason in another country, I don't even want to know what he's gonna do when it counts because, yeah, that was that was a crazy goal, and I'm I'm excited to see what what he brings to the table. Um, I have I have faith in their in their goaltending tandem as well. I've always liked Vimelka. He's been he's been a, a goalie that the Coyotes have been able to rely on because for the past two years they haven't been able to help him out at all, mm-hmm. and he has been peppered almost every night. Yeah, and the fact that he's still under like four goals a game I on average, veggie. and yeah, he's he's been carrying he's been able to carry the team in the pipes. He's been able to do whatever he needs to do. I think him and Ingram make a good tandem. Hundred percent. And um, another great addition I liked was Sean Jer- Sean Jersey. Um, great yes. trade uh, from the LA Kings. I think that him being on your um, you know third pairing is going to it just brings more depth to their decor. Yeah, I like Sean Jersey and Matt Dumba, mm-hmm. who I've actually seen live play with the Red Deer Rebels against mm-hmm. the Calgary Hitmen. Yeah, uh, I really liked him on Minnesota. And I think those are big, big upgrades on the back end for the Coyotes. And something that they're looking to obviously go out and get, and they got it done. So 
Uh, hopefully that assists them and can help out Veggie and Ingram and make their jobs a lot easier. Uh, number sixth for me, I have the Nashville Predators. Similar to the Blues, the Predators, for me, they have one line. Their top line, Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist. The names, other than that top line, is pretty much similar to St. Louis. There's a bunch of mid to not very, like I said before, productive players. And when you look at the stats of these forwards, none of them scored over 20 goals last season. So I think scoring is going to be a big problem for mm-hmm. the Predators. Uh, that's actually a very alarming stat. Because 20 goals in the NHL in an 82-game season is not that much. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to have problems scoring. And then you look at their defense, Roman Yossi, all-star. Yep. Love the way he plays. Uh, great two-way defenseman. Luke Shen, very physical with the Canucks. Yep. But he's getting older. Mm-hmm. He's not as fast. You have a you have an aging Ryan McDonough, who's probably not got that much left in his career. I would say, uh, you know, Tyson Berry, he's he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, like for me, you know, they have solid goaltending. Don't get me wrong with that. I love Soros. Yeah. Uh, he can definitely carry them. I just for wanna, a good amount, but I feel like they're just gonna have problems offensively. Yeah, I just want to say like just bring up a point about their defense. Um, those are big guys. They're huge, and so I think that really helps, um, especially with a team that is going to have trouble scoring uh, a lot more than other teams. I think it's important that they at least have a decor that's big enough and strong enough to play the way they need to play in their own zone in order to not get killed every night because that decor, along with Soros, is going to be um, enough for them to stay mediocre in the standings and not fall off completely. I don't, I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but that is the reason why I do have them um, in fifth for me. Yeah. It's because I, I've seen, I mean, we've all seen Saros play, and yeah. he has proven that he's able to carry a team. So I just think def- defensively the Predators are pretty good, which is why I have them in my fifth spot as opposed to sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the trouble is is just the way the league's been trending. I think last year uh, there was the most amount of goals since, like, the 60s last mm-hmm. year, uh, just, like, an influx of goals. And I think when you have players like Bedard, Bantilli entering the league, yeah. it just kind of boosts that process, mm-hmm. and scoring just becomes so much more frequent. So that's why that's why I have them at my, uh, my sixth spot. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to number five. Uh, I have the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg is one of those teams that looks like they're on kind of their last leg, you know, with that kind of core group of Connor, Shifley, Ehlers. I really do think that after this year, there's going to be a lot of looking in the mirror. And, you know, they lose Blake Wheeler. He goes to the Rangers. Uh, That's kind of like their big veteran leadership right there. So he's gone. And you look at the team, and yeah, I think it's their last year to really kind of, you know, make noise with what they had going on for the last five years. Um, I love Halibut. I think he's a world-class goaltender. It sucks to see him want to be on a good team, Mm -hmm. but the players in front of him just haven't been able to get it done. You even look at the series this past playoffs against the Knights. Winnipeg's, like, won that first game, looked like they were dominant, and then, you know, even took game two or three into overtime. 
and it looked like they were really going to make a series out of it. Mm-hmm. And then Vegas just kind of put the put the gas down and gave it to them. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not too much else to say about the Jets. Yeah, I have I have the Jets in my fourth spot. Um, again, the goaltending is super important in this league. And, like you mentioned, Hellebuck is one of the top goalies in the league. Um, I honestly, I don't think this, this team makes the playoffs. Um, because, as you say, they're on their last leg, but I also think that at the trade deadline, mo- more of the players that we consider elite for this um, Jets team is going to be gone at the deadline. I think you might be looking at shopping, Niederreiter. Um, de- depends what Shifley wants to do, but you know if he says he's gone, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hellebuck says he wants to go, so it's not a very, it's not a good vibe in the locker room when you know, when, you know, as a team, you look at players like Shifley and Connor and, um, Hellebuck and two of those guys don't want to be there anymore. It's, it's tough for the young guys, especially players like Kupari and Velarde and Ayafalo that come in. Um, from that trade that sent Dubois to LA, it's like you're coming to a team that's not on the positive direction, but more on the downside, and there it's look it seems like they're going to be heading into a rebuild soon. Um, I just don't think the the vibe is good in Winnipeg this year, and no, I, it's definitely going to hurt them. I agree with you, and I think it it's not only this year. I think it's been like that for mm-hmm. a while now. Uh, you look at Lion A wanting out and that yeah. whole situation. Uh, I mean, this was years ago, but Bufflin with his injury issues yeah. and them not wanting or not agreeing to a contract, mm-hmm. uh, so he just kind of slowly fades out. You look at Wheeler and everyone questioning, you know, his leadership and yeah. not really caring about the state of the team, uh, being their captain. You know, there's effort issues across the board for this team. Yeah. Uh, players just giving up on plays and just not going out and doing their best for getting paid like you play professional sport in the mm-hmm. National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's been a problem for the while, a while now for the Jets, and they really need to try to find a way to fix that narrative because that's what it's kind of been since the Palmer East days. Yeah, and, you know, I don't like their defensive core that much either. Josh Morrissey is obviously um, their best defenseman, and he proved that. He can be one of the top D-men in the league last year. But aside from that, I just don't see any any X-factor um, on, their, on, their on their decor. I mean, they've got Dylan DeMello playing with Morrissey, and then they've got Brendan Dillon with Neil Pionk and Dylan Sandberg with Nate Schmidt. I'm not a big fan of Nate Schmidt. I mean, he was, he was pretty good in Vegas, but as soon as he came over from Vegas to Vancouver, it was... Um, how many pucks can he score in his own net on a given night? And I just I haven't seen him improve a lot from that. And so, yeah, I'm not a big fan of their other decor. I mean, aside from your Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, and Hellebuck, maybe Cole Perfetti, he still has to break out. Um, yeah, I don't see this team making the playoffs. Um, who do I have making the playoffs in the Central? Yeah. In my third spot is the Minnesota Wild. Are we on third or fourth? Uh, yeah. So you had um, 
Sorry, I had Winnipeg in my fourth. You had okay. Nash. You had who'd you have in your fourth? Uh, I'm at I'm oh, you're, at my fourth right now. Okay, you had the Coyotes yeah. in your fourth. Okay, wow, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you want me to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Give us your little take. So, Coyotes at four. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be biased with Chicago, and I'm not going to be biased with the Coyotes just because we live here in yeah. Phoenix, in yeah. Arizona. But I don't know, man. I really do see this team um, taking it to the next level last year. Or last year. This year. <laughs> what am I saying? Uh, I think when you take a look at everything going on, they're playing in a college arena, mm-hmm. right? And last year, we saw just how much of a difference that made. It seemed like night after night, they were just playing with a different type of uh, energy out there. Mm -hmm. And you could see that the players were just buzzing around. Like, I've never seen that really much in even, like, the Saddle Dome, uh, wherever, you know. And I just, I saw, like, they were playing with a different type of energy. And it showed, you know. They beat the Lightning at home. They beat the Bruins at home. Like, they beat a lot of good teams. And they had a good home record, like one of the best in the league. Yeah. So I think that's going to continue uh, to go to their advantage this season. And then they address the defense, like you already mentioned. You know, Sean Jersey, Matt Dumba, uh, those are two big pieces. Yeah. That's really going to hopefully fix that defensive core mm-hmm. that hasn't been very good for a long time. And then their forwards are what I'm really excited to watch. We saw that first line absolutely go off last year. Yeah. Keller, Hayden, Schmaltz. Uh, another year of those guys, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Uh, you know, maybe Keller's a 40-goal scorer. Uh, I don't know how much did he have last year. He had, uh, he had 90, 90, he almost got to 100 points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then Michelli. Um, I can, yeah, he had... Uh, Michelli, Cooley, Zucker on your second line. I think that's really solid as well. You get Gunther back. Uh, 37 goals for Keller last yeah. year. Yeah, so right right close to that 40 range. I think he can break it this year. Yeah. Uh, you get Kerfoot. Um, and then, yeah, you know, yeah. fourth line is fourth line. But, yeah, I just really like what the Coyotes got going here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. Uh, I think that they just really got a great team. And they haven't been good for a while now since the Mike Smith days and the yeah. Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do. And I think that they can make a playoff appearance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'd, we'd both love to see that. Um, I would I would love to see the, the Coyotes do as well as you're um, projecting. The one thing that had me have them a little bit lower was just the chemistry thing and the fact that these new, these new guys have to learn how to play this new system, learn how to play with players they never played before. And although I do agree with you when you say you like what they've done and they're trending upwards, I do think it's going to take one more season, maybe two more seasons, until we see them, you know, build a team that has good chemistry along with um, good players to play that chemistry and then make a playoff appearance. But yeah, um, I don't hate that at all. (laughs) I have... Like I said, I have the Wild in my third spot as the first team making um, the playoffs in the Central Division. Not much has changed for um, the Wild. They did go and add um, multiple Stanley Cup champion um, Pat Maroon. So, uh, oh my God! They kind of got rid of one goon. I'm in, not trying to talk about in, that. Uh, guy. Yeah, and then picked up Maroon. So. I mean, yeah, I like I like the 
the Wilds roster. They they've been they've been deep for a while. Um, Marcus Foligno, Frederick Goudreau, and Brendan Duhame on your third line. I think that's pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, Frederick Goudreau. No one talks about that I love guy, Frederick but Goudreau. he is a workhorse. He goes and he fights and he gets the puck. And I mean, nineteen goals, nineteen assists. That's what you want from someone on your third line. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly um, capable of improving that as well. Um, Matthew Boldy, 31 goals, 32 assists last year, and he's on your second line. Yeah. You just looked at the Coyotes roster, and their best player, Clayton Keller, had 37 goals. Matthew Boldy hasn't even been in the league for three, four years, and he's already at 31 goals sitting on your second line. How good is your first line? Well, it's Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, and Matt Zuccarello. Three guys that are known around the league to be able to put the puck in the net. Yeah, Ryan Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another guy, Chicago, just... <laughs> yeah. uh, we, could, we could have an own, our own episode Bro, every, just talking about how many players every, every uh, Chicago has, is screwed up. Every team has a bit of Chicago in them. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, and then on defense, Jacob Middleton's pretty big guy. We all know about Jared Spurgeon. And then Jonas yeah, Brodeen, and then Kayla Addison, a young guy who they just signed to another one-year deal. He looked good last good last year, you know, a uh, pretty sound defenseman, able to move the puck. I loved him in the playoffs. He had a lot of, like, reaching out for the goal line, yeah. saving goals, yeah. and they talked about that a lot. I feel like he's a great, uh, great defensive defenseman. Yeah, and then... Philip Gustafson, it's like he kind of shot out from nowhere last year. Came from, mm-hmm. came over from Ottawa, and he locked it down. Like he was a big reason why the Minnesota were able to make that playoff push mm-hmm. and end up making the playoffs. And then, I mean, even in the playoffs, like that first game, I'm not sure why they decided to go to Flurry the second game in the playoffs after he completely, yeah, he, that, like they won yeah, the game. That, that wrecked their momentum. The Wild won the first game in double or triple overtime, I can't remember exactly what it was, he stood on his head, mind you, so did Ollinger, but he stood on his head and he ended up being on the team that won. He won that game. You could definitely say that Gustafson won that game, and then the next game they go to Flurry, and next thing you know, Dallas is moving on. Who won that game? Was it Hartman? I'm pretty sure it was. The winner? Yeah. Oh. I, I think it You're was You're testing me hard here. I, I think don't it was remember Hartman. That. Yeah? I think it was Hartman. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I have to go back. But, but yeah. like... A nine, uh, 0.931 save percentage for Philip Gustafson. Yeah. And then Marc-Andre Fleury is your backup? Yeah, that was questionable. I don't understand what the Wilds' mindset was there. Yeah. I feel like when you have two goalies like that, you got to just ride with the guy who's hot. Yeah. Uh, you, can't, you can't switch it up. It's like in football when you have a quarterback who's playing hot and then you, you throw in the backup. Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly what they thought was going to happen, but... Yeah, but, yeah, and, like, even looking towards this season, like, those are two goalies that can carry you on any given night. Like, if you have Philip Gustafson playing the way he is and then you also have Marc-Andre Fleury to rely on, yeah, like, you don't have problems in goaltending this year. Your problem is going to be finding... Whether Patrick Maroon can stay out of the penalty Yeah, goals. pretty much. Like <laughs> even I can't even say they're going to have trouble scoring because yeah. they've got guys that can put the puck in the net. Matthew Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov, God, I can't speak right now, um, are two guys that are going to get the job done for you. So I have Minnesota making the playoffs in the third spot. I, uh, I also have Minnesota making the playoffs at my third spot. Not too much to say. I think you covered it all. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I just really love this uh, forward core. You know, I, I love Joel Arisonek. Mm -hmm. He had a very sol very respectable year, yeah. 38 assists, 23 goals. Yeah. And you already touched on Boldy. And we also obviously know Kaprizov, 40 goal a year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really... Kaprizov this, is Kaprizov. This wild team is, is legit, yeah. you know. They're, they're known for making the first round and second round exits out of the playoffs. They're like the Leafs of the West. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So we'll see if they can maybe make some more noise and get out of the first round. Yeah. Uh, but I like what they got going on here, seriously. And with um, Gustafson playing like he did, if he can replicate that, yeah, uh, yeah, they got they got a real sh real chance to go deep. Yeah. And I'm excited for what they got. Yeah. In in second place in the Central Division, I've got the Colorado Avalanche. Same here. Okay, I think our yeah. three to one is the three same. Three to one is yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, well that means we pretty much know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this team is still good, man. Like they're still yeah. a contender. Like as if on any given team, if you have McKinnon, Rantanen, and Makar, like you're elite. The only reason I don't have them in first is because the Dallas Stars Boy, are on Dal another level. Dallas Star like I can't wait to talk about the Dallas Stars after this, but it's just tough to put them in first when you know that in the past they've had Kadri, um, they've had Burakovsky, mm -hmm. and they've had those two players along with McKinnon, Ranton, Makar, Lekkinen, like, you know, the team that won the cup. Yeah. And as good as they are on paper, they aren't that team that won the cup. And that's why I have them at the second spot. But I really like the the additions they made, and it, and it makes up their third line. I mean, you got Miles Wood and Thomas Tatar from New Jersey, and then Ross Colton from Tampa Bay. Now, Ross Colton, um, he hasn't really had to do much being on a stacked lineup um, of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has kind of flown under the radar, but again, he finished with 16 goals, 16 assists. That is something that is respectable for a player that's going to be on your third line. And so I do think that um, his job or his role is going to be slightly elevated on this Avalanche team as opposed to what it was with Tampa. But I do think that this third line is going to be able to fill the gaps they might have had um, last year when they couldn't um, figure out Seattle. Yeah. And I think when you got two guys that practically make up 100 goals in McKinnon and Randon, it's, it's not hard to see that this team, like, doesn't have trouble finding the back of the no. net. And so, yeah, the Avalanche, like, they're they're going to be dominant. Uh, like, to have your wingers, Lekkinen and Nachuskin on the second line, that just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're Ryan Johansson yeah. from Nashville? Like, whoa, I completely missed that. But, like, <laughs> yeah. wow. So, you know, you got Cogliano, who's a veteran on the fourth line, and he's still, yeah. he's still producing... You got um, Western Canada high school legend uh, Logan O'Connor on that fourth line too. Shout yeah. out, shout out Western Canada. And then yeah, you look at the defense. Obviously, Cal McCarr, the all, the all star. Another uh, Calgarian. I love Bowman Byram and Devin Taves. I think those are yeah uh, really good players. Those those three guys are amazing offensively, along with uh, Devin Taves' defensive ability. Um, he's very good in his own end. Um, Kale McCarr, he has the speed to go through all your guys, yeah. and if he happens to make a mistake, he's fast enough to get back. And, and 
Yeah, that just makes an all-around great defenseman. I think Josh Manson and Samuel Girard have flashes sometimes mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, where they're great, and then other times where they're not so great. And then you have Jack Johnson, who's an aging veteran and yeah. is more of a leadership role there. Yeah, and what's what's good about this um, decor is um, it's a mix between your shorter, faster guys and your bigger stay-at-home guys. You've got Josh Manson and Jack Johnson, like you say, um, that are a bit older, but they're also bigger, and they're they're gonna have uh, more importance um, and, in your own and end in the corners. We for all we also forgot to mention that their captain will be coming back, Gabriel yep. Landeskog, yep. who's currently on IR. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be coming back. Now we and don't probably. Know. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think he'll go on on. Uh, he'll be a second line, yeah. first line, Ryan, second line. Ryan Johansson. Yeah. I feel like they'll switch him out for Yeah, him, but. probably. Yeah, uh, that's always always nice to know that. That center depth looks back. that center depth looks great uh, with Landeskog in there. You got McKinnon, yeah. Landeskog, Johansson, and Colton. I mean, yeah, Ben Myers. Ben Myers <laughs> probably gonna get the get the boot, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't know how long Gabriel Landeskog is gonna end up playing before he gets injured again because I mean, we've seen for the past two three seasons it doesn't seem like he's be able to stay able healthy. To stay healthy, right? No. So. But yeah, I really want to get to this team in both of our first the Dallas Stars. In both of our first place, we have the Dallas Stars. This this forward group is like is crazy when I look at it. Like <laughs> Matt Duchesne, Tyler Seguin, Mason Marchment on your third line. That's wild. Uh, they they went out and acquired Matt Duchesne, and this is this is probably the best forward group I want to say in the league. Yeah. I agree like with especially you. in the Western Conference, it, it rivals what the Rangers had going last yeah. season. Jason Robertson, forty-six goals. Rupe Hints, thirty-seven goals. Pavelski, twenty-eight goals. Jamie Ben, thirty-three goals. Wyatt Johnson, twenty-four goals. Yeah. Tyler Seguin, twenty-one goals. Matt Duchesne, twenty-two goals. And that is basically your top nine. That's, like if I don't, I'm saying it right now. This team is my pick to win the cup. I've said it since. They made the trades in the offseason a couple months ago. But, I mean, yeah, I I don't think anything stops this team. And not just looking at their offensive production, you've got Heiskanen. I love Miro Heiskanen. Who's Such a top a 10 defenseman in the league, if not, you know, higher. And then Jacob, Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Like... We already know what he can do. We've seen him do it twice, back-to-back in the playoffs. Yeah, he wasn't as good as he was against Calgary last year, but he's still elite and, you know, posting a uh, 0.919 save percentage, five shutouts, went 37-11-11. Like, that's a top goaltender in the league, and that's all you need. If you have a goalie like Jake Ottinger along with your top nine, I don't see how this team doesn't finish anything. No, first. I think they're very similar team to the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two teams in the West that are gonna uh, rival them. Mm-hmm. The only way I see this Stars team not making it very far is their decor. Uh, I love Haskinen, yeah. but like compared to like, let's say the Golden Knights decor, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't compare to their decor. No. So that's the one weakness, I would say, if they had a weakness, would be yeah. their defense. 100%. Uh, I, lo- I, lo- I like Thomas Harley. Um, 
Yanni Hockenfall, like, hey, it's okay. It's not, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you know, if you're scoring that many goals, you hopefully don't have to rely on yeah. your defense to be outstanding. Especially with Jake Ottinger. But the trouble is when you verse those teams that are so similar to you, yeah. how that affects it. And if they will have to lean on their offense more, how the, their stars are going to respond, like yeah. Robertson, Hans Pavelski. Uh, we saw in the playoffs last year, you know, they were a little bit a little bit starstruck into what Vegas was able to do mm-hmm. and almost looked like some of their guys like Robertson forgot how to play hockey, yeah. it seemed like. So we'll have to see uh, what goes down. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this team too. I know the Rangers had an amazing forward court last year, and this, this rivals it for sure. Yeah, no, I don't see this team going any lower than first but and I think a conference final lower than that would be a disappointment disappointment yeah 100% so 100% well that wraps up the central division uh moving on to the pacific division the other division in the western conference um (laughs) in eighth uh I got the San Jose Sharks just not much going on here really it's almost an AHL roster obviously you still got uh, Tomas Hurdle Logan Couture and then they went and got Anthony Duclair. But besides those three players, <laughs> I'm not liking this at all. Like, no. Alexander Barabanov and Luke Kunin are your are your other two um, forwards on your first line other than Hurdle. And Kunin's on IR. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's all around disappointing. The Sharks are in rebuild mode, but the one thing that I don't, like about the Sharks is that yeah they're rebuilding but where are their prospects like yeah you have Alexander Barabanov and you've got Zetterlin but Zetterlin was someone that you got in a trade from New Jersey for Meyer um you know I know the Sharks are hoping William Eklund is um turns out to be uh, one of their elite players going on in the fu- going forward in the future, but obviously he's not playing this year. Um, so yeah, there's just there's not much skill um, on this forward group that is going to be able to compete with the rest of the teams in the Pacific Division. Um, you look at their uh, defensive pairings, and other than Yan Ruda, there's no one here that can make a difference. Yeah, I've always like, been a big Mark Edward Vlasic fan. Yeah, like, he's, he's like he's, 70 years yeah, old now. he's gay. He's really old. But <laughs> I've always been a big fan of his, even going back to the team with Thornton and Marlowe. Uh, I was always a big fan of his, and to see him keep playing is is definitely fun to watch. But you're right. Like, there's as far as talent-wise, there's this really is none. probably, if not one of the worst in the league, like, if not the worst. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose uh, finished 32nd in the league. Because, yeah, you look at, like, the problems they have in offense, the problems they have on defense. They also have problems goaltending. Their two goaltenders are Capo Kakin and Mackenzie Blackwood. Not very good at all. Two goalies who are under .900 save percentage. Like, you don't see goalies under that very often and to have both your goalies be that bad is going to be a problem because if there isn't one aspect of this Sharks lineup that shows any positivity no and 
especially when they're all subpar, you can't even rely on one to carry you as a team. No. So that's the trouble. Is yeah, you look you look at their their forwards. You know they don't they don't have a guy over twenty seven goals. Logan Couture. He's on one of his last legs at 33, 34 yeah. years old. He's only got a couple more seasons left, and then he's out. Uh, aside from that, yeah, like this this team, I feel like is gonna is gonna struggle a lot this yeah. season. And don't be don't be surprised if you see Tomas Schrödel or Logan Couture move at the deadline Trade. because yeah. um, the Sharks GM actually said a couple of days ago that you know if they want to be traded, he will entertain that. They've done a lot for this organization, and he basically said that if these two players want to trade, it's like I'll make it happen. So I wonder if you're a player like Anthony Duclair, what goes through your mindset from going yeah. to the Cup Finals with the Panthers, and then going to the what could be the worst, worst team in the league? league? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I wonder as a player and as an athlete, what goes through your mind? You know, that's that's kind of the equivalent of like going from the Chiefs to the Texans in football. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Patty Mahomes, and then you go to the Texans, who are just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that, that kind of just jumped out at me, that he went that polar yeah. opposite. I mean, same with uh, Granlund. Mm-hmm. Like, being on Pittsburgh yeah. is, and then to see... But with Crosby, Melkin. Yeah, and to yeah. see... Um, Eric Carlson go the other way in a trade where you end up being um, shafted might also rub you the wrong way, right? Um, One player that, you know, I think is going to be interesting to watch in this uh, Sharks lineup is Philip Zadina. Um, He's getting a second chance, really, because nothing's ever worked out for him in Detroit. Um, He did like to talk a lot of... Um, you know, smack when he got drafted saying he's the best player in the draft and you don't want to miss with me, you know, stuff like that. But he hasn't proven anything. I mean, he had three goals and four assists last year. And he didn't play a lot, but he didn't give himself the opportunity to play a lot. And so I think him getting a second chance with the Sharks is really going to show if he can be a player that got drafted in the first round. Can he show... um, yeah, can you show that he is a first-round pick player? Moving on to the seventh spot, I have the Anaheim Ducks. I have the Ducks as well. My yeah, spot. I think looking at the Ducks, you know, we talked about and you said that the Coyotes were a couple seasons away. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same kind of boat for the Ducks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I truly do believe that they're, you know, one to two years away from making a run at the playoffs. Now um, that's if they sign Zegers and Drysdale, correct? Yes. Because it doesn't I, I look d- like that's going too well for them. No, I mean, I can't imagine that you let Trevor Zegers go. I would, I would hope that, not. That's that would pretty be stupid. one of the worst things that a franchise yeah. could do. Yeah. It's like, like like going Bedard or something yeah. like that yeah. after a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I think that they're really like one to two years away uh, for playoff contention. And I just, I really like the young guys. We saw the chemistry... Uh, between Zeros and Terry last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they get Kaloran from Tampa Bay. I think that's a solid piece on the second line. Uh, they have, you know, Jakob Silberg, who's been on that team for, feels like, a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he wants to play out his contract, and then he's gone. He doesn't even want to play in the NHL after he done, he's done with the Ducks. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, they get Gudis from the Panthers, 
in that decor. Robert Hag from Buffalo. Yeah, Robert Hag from Buffalo. Uh, I like Cam Fowler, um, Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. You know, like this is just one of those teams that has done a good job rebuilding, and they have good prospects. They've drafted prospects. Well. They've drafted well. especially on the forwards and yeah. the offensive side. And then you look at their goaltending. Gibson, he's always been solid. I feel uh, so bad. For yeah, him. he he definitely wants to be on a competitive team. Yeah. And it sucks to see because early in his career, the Ducks were. Ducks were good, yeah. With, you know, Perry, Getzlaff, like all those guys. Yeah. And they they were a competitive team. They were fun to watch. Yeah. They took, they went to a couple conference finals, I think, or at least one against Chicago, yeah. and then a couple second rounds at least. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's did always a pretty good solid. job of beating up Calgary oh, um, yeah. when they were good. They had that, yeah. that streak for like... Yeah. 18 years or something Yeah, like they couldn't, uh, Flames couldn't win in Honda Center for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Until Mike Smith got a shutout Honestly, there. I just, yeah, I think these, they're, they're really close, man. Yeah. And I mean, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, I want to just touch on two key players, um, the Ducks, that, that Ducks are going to have this year that they didn't have last year. That's second, um, second overall, Leo Carlson. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was the right move. Do you? Do you? Would you draft Leo Carlson over Fantilli? Obviously, we don't know yet. Um, the Ducks thought that this was the right move. Um, we obviously know Fantilli wanted to go to Columbus, but I mean, time will tell if the Ducks made the right move. But not only him. Um, if you have ever watched the World Juniors. Um, in the past three, four years, you know a guy named Olin Zellweger. He, um, one of the best defensemen the Canadian junior team has had um, playing for the World Juniors the past two, three years. And so if he's able to um, crack the roster, I think that's going to boost um, the the strength of their decor because he is um, very offensively minded. Um, he... Is sort of like Jamie Drazdell. He can, you know, move the puck. He's like, he's got the the shifty skating that Quinn Hughes has, and you know, I'm really excited to see what he could bring to the table. I mean, they still have Jamie Drazdell, Cam Fowler as uh, their first D uh, pairing. Not too I shabby. I love that to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah, Henrik is still there along with Zegers and Terry. That's obviously going to be um, a great line. Hoping to see a little, a little bit more out of uh, McTavish. Seventeen goals, twenty six assists. Not bad for your first year. No, like with him, yeah. Terry, and Carlson. Yeah. We'll have to see how Carlson develops. But yeah, those are solid, solid, solid players. players. Yeah. And to have them all on the same team. Yeah, and I think Mason McTavish potentially playing with Killorn and Strom, two two veterans. Um, he's gonna get better. He's gonna get better this year, and you know, like you say, in two three in two three years. Um, when players like McTavish, Carlson, Zegers have been fully developed, they're definitely going to be a playoff team soon. Yeah, it's going to be scary to play the Ducks once again. 100%. And then who knows um, how they'll get past the goalie situation. But um, in my sixth spot, um, I have the Calgary Flames. So do I. And I just want to say, like, I don't understand why people think that the Calgary Flames are a lock for the playoffs. It just, it blows my mind that 
people look at this lineup and they're like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs because you're banking on the fact that Huberto scores more than 15 goals because that's your only star on this lineup. You can say that you went and got Kadri to fill your Goudreau spot or your Kachuk hole, but the truth is, is 24 goals and 32 assists has been Nazem Kadri's average for his entire career. He did his job last year. And so if you look at his production plus Huberto's last year, the result was no playoffs. So what you're saying to me is you're banking on the fact that Huberto has another 100-point season in order for you guys to have a chance at making the playoffs? I don't see that happening. Um, the vibes in Calgary, the locker room, it's not positive either. You've got players like Lindholm, um, Backlund, Hannafin, all wanting out, mm-hmm. reportedly. Yeah. I mean, if they really wanted to stay, do you think we would see a contract by now? Or are they just goading the Flames for more money? I don't know, but all I do know is that it's not very positive. When like, It's the same thing with the Jets. Your top players don't want to be there. Why do you want to be there as another player or a new player or a young player? Someone like Coronado, who comes into this team, is probably going to make the roster spot make a roster spot, and he finds out that his first-line center, Elias Lindholm, doesn't want to play anymore. It's not something you want in your locker room um, moving forward. No. And, again, you have, besides Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri, and Elias Lindholm, you've got Igor Sharangovich on your first line who had 13 goals and 17 assists. You're, you've traded Tyler Toffoli... For Igor Shangovich, yes, Tafoli didn't want to be there, but that is not a replacement. So take away that is numbers. not a replacement for Tyler Tafoli. Yeah. Tyler Tafoli was your leading goal scorer last year. You don't have that anymore, and your leading goal scorer in Tyler Tafoli didn't get you to the playoffs. So it just it blows my mind how um, all these like standing predictions and podcasts and posts on Instagram that I see all have the Calgary Flames super high on their list. I just don't understand where how they're backing that up and to to go, go ahead. to go yeah, to go off of that. I think the defense and the goaltending is even worse. Um just looking at you were talking, you know, about the offense and about the lack of production. I think it's even worse for the defense. You know, you got Rasmus Anderson with 49 points, but outside of that, there's not much offensively coming from anyone on the defensive side. And, you know, Markstrom has been streaky at best, very streaky. And until he proves that he can be consistent, this team is never going to be well. No. Under him, under the pipes. And talk about, going back to the defense, 100% agree with you that um, they're they're not offensive. No. But one thing I will say, though, is this defensive group is probably one of the best at playing defense in their own end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people are, you know, in their head putting the flames above um, what they really are is because you look at these big guys, Zadora, Uyghur, Anderson, Chris Tannen is the best defensive defenseman in the league, but they had trouble scoring last year. And now you don't even have your leading goal scorer. You're banking on the fact that Huberto is going to magically just, 
he's not playing with Barkov and Duclair anymore. He's playing with Igor Sharangovich and Elias Lindholm, who doesn't even want to be a flame. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I, see them making I, the playoffs at I, all. I agree with you. I think there's big uh, culture issues in the locker room. They don't have a captain either. And it's it's been like documented for a while with the Flames about effort issues, like I touched on with the Jets. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players uh, on this team that just simply don't uh, show out yeah. night after and night. And I'll tell you, Dubé and Mangiapane are two of those guys that look like they're just floating around out there. Yeah, and you simply just you can't have that as a team. Uh, it doesn't matter which team it is. You're a professional athlete, and you have a job to do and an obligation yep. to do it at the highest level. And when you see that you can put in more effort than some of the guys playing, that's a problem. Like, it's easy to see it from the from the screen sitting back watching TV. But, I mean, if you actually analyze some of the gameplay and the highlights, you can notice little things like, oh, he's not moving his feet. He's not looking uh, to where the puck is going to go. He's just dumping it off. He's doing a dump and chase. Uh, Flybys, those are the biggest things, you know? Not putting the body, uh, just flying by. You know, not stick on puck. Like, just little things like that. And it's funny you say that. There's Whenever I watch the Flames, I've said this to a few people, um, if you ever watch uh, Kadri take the puck in the neutral zone, if he is ever the player that is bringing the puck in the zone, he is a quick cut to the middle, rip a shot. No matter what other play there is available, he does that 9 out of 10 times. He will walk into the zone, cut to the middle, rip a shot. No matter if the shot is bad or good, that's what he's doing every time. And I just I notice that a lot and... It's funny that you say that because, yeah, those little things do matter. Um, and you talked about Jacob Markstrom, uh, 0.892 save percentage last year. Like, you're under that You're under that 9. Whenever you're, whenever you're under that 9.9 mark, it's not good. Um, one thing I will say for goaltending with the Calgary Flames is I would like to see uh, Dustin Wolf get his chance. Um, they still have Vladar, and don't get me wrong, I love Vladar. I think he's a great backup. But... No, I, just I don't want to see Wolf get wasted because I think he's ready to... Like, he's won AHL goalie of the year twice in a row. What more do you have to do in the NHL in order to prove that you deserve a shot in the big leagues? I think it's just really disappointing for the Flames. And obviously, it's not what they envision. And I'm not here to, to torch them. But you, you just have to look at the facts. You know, when they thought that they are going to replace Kachuk and Goudreau yeah. with when Kadri and Huberdeau... Yeah. On paper, that's not outrageous. No. Especially when you, Huberto. When, when you look at it, it's not it's not outrageous. But of course, we all know that that obviously didn't happen. No. And when you underperform, everyone talks about it. Everyone sees it, and it's the talk of the off season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be how are guys like Huberto going to rebound this year? And if it's the same as last year, you can count that there's, like, yeah, you know, he's locked into a big contract, yeah. but I don't, know what, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I just don't think this team is able to score enough to make a playoff, but I just don't think they have the, the offensive capabilities to do anything uh, remotely um, drastic. So yeah. um, in my sixth spot, we I have the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Um, I have my fifth spot. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so... Oh, s- sorry. 
We just finished sixth. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks, I have in my fifth spot. <laughs> they are the first team that I have making the playoffs. I have them at the second wild card spot. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take over on this one. Let's see. Um, I'm, I'm proud, to be honest. Like, as a fan of the Canucks, I'm proud to see the offseason that they had, what Patrick Alvin and Rutherford managed to fix. Penalty kill and defense was a huge, huge problem last year for the Canucks. And you added P.S. Suter for your third-line center and Teddy Bluger for your fourth-line center. Those are two guys. They don't need to be offensive. Chicago they, legend. <laughs> they aren't offensive. They don't need to be offensive. What are they there for? They're there to play on the penalty kill. They're there to lock it down and get the puck out, and that's what they're good at. And when you have two of those players along with Pedersen, who can do everything, um, I just, yeah, I think the penalty kill is going to be so much better. Um, again, another huge um, problem last year was the decor. I mean, I don't even want to go back to who we had playing. Who we had playing on D Bear last and year. Larson. Bear, Ekman Larson, Tyler Mars on your first line. Like it yeah. doesn't get worse than that. But now, seeing Tyler Myers on the third pairing, it's like okay, this looks this looks decent. And we and they added big guys. Quinn Hughes is now captain. We all we all know that. He's Quinn Hughes. I don't have to uh, dive into what kind of player he is. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. Carson Soucy came over from Seattle. Just a big body. Guy who was able to shut down guys in his own end. Same with Ian Cole, another big body that came from Tampa Bay, who's proven himself in Carolina and Tampa. Um, Philip Ronick played a few games, got injured, but he's another one of those offensive-minded guys from Detroit. And what I really like about... Uh, the two defensive pairings, the first two defensive pairings, is you've got one um, offensive guy and one shutdown guy. One offensive guy, one uh, one shutdown guy. Quinn Hughes is your offensive guy. Susie is your sh- stay-at-home guy. Ian Cole is your shutdown guy. Ronick's the one that's going to move the puck out. And they just haven't had that since 2020 when they had Chris Tanev playing with Quinn Hughes. They haven't had that since now. And I'm, I'm excited to to see um, how this revamped decor, revamped forward group is going to be able to perform. Because the thing is, is the last two years, the Vancouver Canucks have been close to making the playoffs. Very close. And it seems like it's the start to the season that kills them, kills them every single time. But they fire a coach, the new coach comes in, and it's like, boom, they're, they shoot up. And they, they climb the standings when they shouldn't be. They climb the, the standings late in the season. Maybe if there were six or seven more games, they would be in the playoff spot. But it's too late every year. And they have been doing that with a roster that is way, way weaker than what we see here right now. And so I just think if they're able to be that close to a playoff spot with such a weak group, what can they, be, what can they do with this that we see in front of us um yeah i think that they have a lot to prove but i also think that they're gonna make the playoffs like if they and it also it all depends on their start and another player that i haven't touched on yet um that's your demko <laughs> healthy demko that's your snatcher how he- healthy demko is 
a top three, four goalie in the league, and I will die on that hill because I've watched this guy play for the last three years straight. And he was injured last year, and that definitely hurt the team's ability to be competitive. And, you know, it's tough when you had Martin and Delia rotate the net. Now you got like, Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith, yeah, another great move. Um, solid backup for Pittsburgh. Um, I liked uh, that they brought him in, and it's going to not only bring more depth to the goaltending tandem, but it's also going to um, make players like Martin and Silovs work harder in training camp to try and beat DeSmith. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's good to see um, a possibility where they work harder for a spot. Yeah, I think the big thing for me with the Canucks is I can see them, you know, making the playoffs as well. The big thing for me is consistency mm-hmm. and whether they can have the consistency to play hard throughout the entire season and not for spurts of it. Right. Because uh, we know they're capable of playing solid hockey when they when do. they want to. Yeah, yeah, when they do. And so that's going to be the big thing. They don't have trouble scoring. We got Kuzmenko and Patterson each with 39 goals. Crazy. Miller with 32. They have three guys in 30s, two of them basically in 40s. Yeah. Like that that that's not a problem for them is scoring. The problem was defense and penalty kill, like you mentioned. Yeah. More so defense though, because they had those guys who were scoring often, but the problem was they couldn't defend very well when the other team pushed back. Especially when they had two, three-goal leads. Exactly. They just stopped playing. So the defense, and yeah, Susie, Cole, Roenick, right there. That's that's better than Ekman, Larson, Bear, and whoever else they yeah. had. Uh, so I think that's going to help them out a lot, similar to Arizona. Uh, picking up those, those solid pieces on defense, I think, can make the difference. And I think we'll push them over the edge to make the playoffs. So. Yeah. And then uh, in the fourth spot, uh, wild card one, I've got the, the Seattle Kraken. Um, the reason I have Seattle at this spot is I like their roster in terms that it's deep. They've got solid players on every line. Though the thing about Seattle that has been their problem, and I don't necessarily if it's a problem because they were able to make the playoffs, but I think I think that's keeping them from um, reaching the conference finals or reaching the Stanley Cup finals is the fact that they don't have that number one star. Um, they don't have your Elias Patterson. They don't have a Connor McDavid. They don't have a Nathan McKinnon or a Sebastian Ajo. But they do have players that are able to get the job done. Matt, uh, Matty Beniers, Jared McCann, and Jordan Eberle, I would say is a great line. And Yeah, Calder winner. Yeah. Um, I think Andre Virkovsky is pretty underrated. Yeah. And for the Kraken to be a shot away from going to the Western Conference Final without Virkovsky that entire postseason, I think that speaks volumes. Right. Uh, he was one of their best forwards, and to not have him and to still make it almost to the Western Conference Final, I think that's pretty telling as well. Yeah, and, I mean, we say that they don't have a number one star, which is true, they don't. But Jared McCann, 40 goals, 30 assists. That's very a, fly under the radar type of guy. That's a very, very good guy to have on your first line. And if he's able to continue that, you know, it's going to make it easier for this team to put the puck in the net. It's going to 
compliment Maddie Beniers and Eberly on the line. Like, 30 assists for McCann, 33 assists for Beniers, and 43 assists for Eberly. And that is your first line on the Kraken. Um, so, yeah, I just... It's a very it's a very deep lineup and I don't see them missing the playoffs. Again, I like their decor as well. Yes, they they lost Susie, but Vince Dunn, very underrated. No one talks about him too much. He had 50 he had 50 Dunn. assists last year. 50. That's Kill McCarr level in terms of um, moving the puck. I had him in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I love great, that guy. Great great defenseman and you know, Adam Larson has always been a good veteran and Jamie Oleksiak, Brian Dumoulin, Justin Schultz, they're all big guys as well. And so I know I say this a lot, but it's important to have big D-men in your own end. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get the puck in the corners. You're not going to be able to win battles and break out. So it's important to have um, big guys um, on your decor. At my fourth spot, I got the LA Kings. Uh, LA was a team that had the opportunity to knock off the Oilers last season in the second round. They look like they're going to do it, and then they experience some problems, specifically in net. Mm-hmm. So the Kings are one of those teams for me that uh, you know, can be very surprising in the fact that when they're firing on all cylinders, they're arguably one of the best teams in the NHL. Uh, I love... Adrian Kempe, you know, he was lighting it up in the playoffs. And they have a veteran, one of my favorite players, you know, Andre Kopitar. I love watching him go against Chicago and the bunch of series that they had. Uh, and then, yeah, you get the trade, Pierre-Luc Dubois, send away Velarde. Uh, that's, I will have to see how that plays out. Uh, on paper, I like Velarde better, but we'll have to see. I'll dive into where I have my Kings and why I think they're there later on. but Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Kevin Fiala, uh, Victor Arvinson. Like, this is a very, very decent forward core. Uh, you look at the defense, Drew Doughty, stud. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavrikov, Anderson. Like, don't get me wrong. This, like, there's still work to do for, for the Kings, and they're still rebuilding, but they're looking better and better every season, and they're returning to their... 2012 to 2015 form where they won two cups um almost three uh if they if my hawks didn't beat them um but yeah like i there's not much more to say uh the biggest thing for them is phoenix copley uh when he's on he's on and when he's off he's he's off similar to uh Stuart skinner and jack campbell for the oilers it seems like they've they have the foundation right but it's just if they can get consistent goaltending and play good in their own end, we know that they don't have a problem putting the puck in the net. So that, and we saw that. I mean, we just watched the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, the Coyotes. They had a know, 4-1 lead. Yeah. And they, LA yeah. Was man- and I managed to get back. Yeah. That Exactly what I'm saying right now. Yeah. So uh, that's that's it for me for the Kings. I have them at my at my fourth spot. And uh, yeah, at my third spot, I have uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah, this wow. this yeah this might bring some criticism, but you know this team didn't change much, and so I can understand why people might have them um, first. I I I I mean, third or second for me, it's it's kind of tough. But the reason I have them at third is I'll get into why I think the LA Kings are gonna finish second. But 
they went they went the full length. They won. And usually what happens to teams after that much hockey is injuries start to show up the next year, October, November, December. More players, um, they just get injured because they were playing for longer than all the other teams. And I do think that as soon as a key piece like a Marcheseau or a Barbashev or a Stevenson gets injured, it's going to hurt um, hurt this Vegas Vegas team because other than their other than their first two lines like Paul Cotter, William Carlson, Mike Amadio on their third line like if that if two of those like besides Carlson if Cotter or Mike Amadio have to move up to your second or first line um, because of an injury. I don't think that is going to be the same type of um, strength that they had in, um, in the playoffs last year, and the same team that won the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's why. Like, I, it's it's hard to justify uh, the Stanley Cup champions yeah. uh, finishing third, but I just do think that it's the, hey, the fatigue mean, factor. I, I I like to take it's it's yeah. pretty easy for most people just to put. Uh, you know, put whoever wins. Like, mm-hmm. let's say the Nuggets or the Chiefs. It's easy to say, okay, yeah. you know, the Denver Nuggets, Kansas City Chiefs. They won, so they're gonna be they're gonna be first again this season. They're gonna be the best. But uh, I, I like the take. Yeah. For me, at my third spot, I have the Seattle Kraken. Um, I think that, yeah, like I said before, they were like a shot away from the Western Conference Final. You know, very close, neck and neck with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact. I actually think that in that series, I think Seattle played better than Dallas. Although Dallas won, I think that uh, I think it was experience that yeah. got them over that edge. Yeah, but I do. But, agree I, with but you. I think like if you look at the play, the time of possession, the shots, and everything, if you actually analyze it, I think that Seattle definitely outplayed uh, Dallas. And it was kind and of like a Ottinger versus Grubauer situation. It, I was just gonna say that Grubauer was holding his own against Ottinger. And Ottinger, that's one thing to follow up is if these two play, te- ah, if these two teams play again, yeah. Ottinger really struggled against the Kraken. Yeah. Like there was a couple nights where he was pulled, you know, four goals on ten shots, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a developing story, like way later down the line in the season, if these two teams ever meet in the playoffs, because mm-hmm. they, yeah, the Dallas Stars barely, barely won that, you know, game seven, and I just really like what Seattle's got going on. Uh, they'll get a healthy Andre Burakovsky back. And they have the reigning Calder winner, Matty Beniers. And I saw them play, actually, against the Coyotes. And they're one of those teams, like the Coyotes, who have a lot of get-up. They play with a lot of intensity. And as a new franchise in the NHL, uh, you can definitely tell that they're not messing around. You know, they're here to play. Similar to when Vegas got in, they had a really good like draft and the pool of players that they got uh, definitely helped out. But yeah, uh, they don't, they wouldn't surprise me if they, uh, if they went really far. I think so. the big question for Seattle in general is in, in the season is, is Grubauer going to be able to hold his own again? Yeah. Because if he isn't, then they're not going to be able to progress. I feel like you could say that for a lot of teams. Yeah. If their goaltender, you know, we said that, I, well, I said that about the Wild. Yeah. If Gustafson is able to keep up that form, because goaltending is one of those things where, if you don't have it, you can't do. You can't. No. You can't be a contender without good goaltending. It's this is not how the league is. And it's 
the most important position. Yeah. In my opinion. Hundred um, percent. It's your last line of defense, and if you don't have someone that's capable of playing uh, to a certain standard, you're just not going to get very far. That's no. the, that's the bottom line. So yeah, I I have the Kraken at my third spot, and I think they're they're gonna take off from where they left last year and do really well. So. So my second spot, um, I have the LA Kings, and solely for their center depth. Their center depth is the best in the in the league, hundred percent. Andre Kopitar, Pierre Luc Dubois, and Philip Deneau are your thirds are your three centers. It I don't think a team's uh, center depth compares to that. Another team's center depth compares to what LA Kings have going on. Um, one line that I'm really excited to watch in the regular season is the Kevin Fiala, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Arthur Kelly line. I watched them last night against the Yotes in Australia, and they pretty much carried the play the entire game. The first period of that game, the Coyotes didn't touch the puck at all. It was just Kevin Fiala, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Arthur Kelly. Every time they were on the ice, it was constant pressure in the zone. And if that's what your second line is doing, I just... It's going to be crazy to see how Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe's chemistry has gotten even better um, on their first line. I mean, 41 goals for Adrian Kempe, 46 assists for Kopitar, and then you've got a young Quinton Byfield who's still trying to break out. I think that complements a very good first line. Um, yeah, Trevor Moore and Arvidsson are on your third line as wingers. That... If that line right there is like your first line of your St. Louis Blues, your Nashville Predators, very solid. Like, and I, I don't know about Trevor Lewis. Like, I think he needs to hang him up. But other than that, like, I like Blake Lazat and Carl Grundstrom has always been a player that um, will fight for the puck and will put his body on it on the line and he'll do anything to get the puck. I think uh, he reminds me a bit of Tyler Mott in the sense of his um, work ethic. Mm-hmm. And so great grinding fourth line that LA has going on. So yeah, I love their offensive group. And again, the center depth, I do think that this team has the ceiling to finish second. That's obviously if everything goes right, but I do think that it's definitely in the cards for them. Um, yeah. I. Again, you talk. You already mentioned Drew Doughty and um, how he's still elite. Yeah. Um, Mikey Anderson, again, another great defenseman. Um, Vladislav Gavrikov, they were able to bring him back after the trade from Columbus. And not many people talk about him, but he he is really like solid all around. He's not a superstar offensively, and he's not you know someone that is going to give you Kale McCarr highlights, but he's going to be able to be sound enough in his own end and be able to be a guy that they rely on, on a penalty kill or, you know, um, just getting being able to get the puck out in general. And then the only thing that worries me about L.A. is their goaltending situation, yeah. like you talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, Phoenix Copley, he's 31 years old. He hasn't really found... Um, I don't want to say he hasn't found his game, but he hasn't lived up. Yeah, consistency, and he hasn't lived up to earning the starting position, I want to say. It seems that, like, if there's a 2-3 game stretch where he's not on it, That's what Cam happens. Talbot easily could come in and fill that role. That's what happens, though. It's hard to replace guys like Jonathan Quinn. Yeah, and 
I don't want to get into how I thought they treated him in that situation because, you know, I respect Jonathan Quick a lot. He's uh, my favorite uh, goalie growing up. And so, yeah, it's tough to see that era end. Mm -hmm. But um, I think our first place teams are the same because... Uh, I'm actually on my on my second. Oh, you're on your second. Yeah. Okay. So, man, <laughs> not quite, but close. Close, close. Uh, enough. Second, I got the Oilers. Uh, let the Edmonton Oilers. Let's uh, let's glaze them a little bit here. So, the Oilers, man, just they're let's glaze them a little. Bit. <laughs> their offensive firepower, like, is crazy. Yeah, McDavid, sixty-four goals. Drysaddle, fifty-two goals. Hyman, thirty-six goals. Nugent Hawkins, like let's look at that second line. Ha uh, Nugent Hawkins, thirty-seven goals. Drysaddle, fifty-two, and Hyman, thirty-six. That's like better than any, like uh, not any, but that's better than eighty percent of the league's first line. That in terms of production, uh, you know, I think this. I don't want to say anything positive about this. Team. I, I think this team is really deep, man, and I think the only thing holding them back is just Stuart Skinner and the fact that he's just not developed yet. And that really showed in last year's playoffs. You know, Jack Campbell was serviceable. Don't get me wrong. But, again, at the end of the day, it's Jack Campbell. He's only going to do so much. Uh, I think Stuart Skinner is at least, a, like, a couple, a year or two. Maybe People are three. hyping up Stuart Skinner, bro. Yeah, like, I think I, he needs to develop more. You know, he's a rookie. And he did as well as you could think for a rookie going into his first playoffs appearance. And so, with that being said... I think I have the Oilers at my second spot just purely based off that, you know. We saw the legend of Evan Bouchard emerge in the playoffs who turned into prime Bobby Orr. Uh, at, at, one point, it was, at one point, it was Rupe Hintz in second place and McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Bouchard in first, oh, third, and fourth on the points. And this was after a couple weeks into the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I just I really like what this team is going on. And it just seems like they can score whenever they want. And obviously, you know we got we got Raz's favorite player, Darnell Nurse. He's still oh he's still <laughs> he's still holding the board down. I don't even want to I don't even want to say that name. Of <laughs> and then you got Brett Kulak and Cody CC, who are more than serviceable. So ah, uh, I don't so, know if Cody CC is serviceable. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't I'll know. tell you, Vincent Darnay definitely is, no, he, is def, definitely not serviceable. He's, yeah, he's not. But I, I just think zero goals, five 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 assists. <laughs> were he even playing? I just think this team, uh, this team has more to show, and McDavid. You wonder how many more years of you know making it to the second or third round before he gets tired and wants out of Edmonton. Like they, there's got quickly. Man. There's got to be a, a threshold there. There's got to be a threshold. With oh, there is. And dry. And there is for every player. Yes, where it's like I'm not going to make the Cup final, so I want out because obviously what has been working has been not working the last decade. Because we can't improve. And what what he can say that not a lot of other players can say I'm is... I'm the best in the world. I'm the best. So it's not me that is the problem. It's not my fault that we're not making the Stanley Cup Finals and winning it. But as much as it pains me to say, I have the Edmonton Oilers finishing first and winning the Pacific Division. Woo. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I don't like it. But I can't, I can't look at... Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and say, yeah, these guys aren't good. These guys aren't going to finish first. Like, 64 goals and 89 assists for McDavid. <laughs> 52 goals and 76 assists for Leon Dreisaitl. That's more than the entire Sharks roster is going to get this year. Yeah. 
like, and you know, Connor Brown, That's he was great in yeah. Ottawa. Yeah. And so I'm, and what's cool about that is Connor McDavid and Brown used to play together in the juniors. Mm. So they already have some chemistry. of that chemistry. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. It's going to be interesting to see if that chemistry can be rekindled because if it is, oh my God, McDavid playing with someone that knows how to compliment him. And it helps when you got a Vander Kane protecting you. Like, I, I don't even want to think of what this team is going to be able to do this year. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, the thing with the Oilers is that it's always been, they've got two of the best players, but no depth. Two of the best players, but no depth every year. But they have some depth. Like, I like, I like some of the depth. You know, Nugent Hopkins came off of a career year, 37 goals, 67 assists. Um, you've got Dylan Holloway, who still is trying to get his foot into the league, but he's still a great prospect for Edmonton. Uh, Brian McLeod is one of my favorite players on Edmonton. He's always been someone that I thought um, is just able to do his job right. And he's not someone that's going to be a star, but... He's not a liability either, and I think that's very important to have on your third line is someone that can just um, go through the motions and play the system the right way. And I think that's something Ryan McLeod does great. Mat- Matthias Janmark is also someone who is, like again, he's not a, he's not a star, but it seems like he's able to find the net. Yeah. Um. When when his name's called. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know. I think uh, the Oilers uh, are going to be. A little bit better than they were last year, just because of McDavid and Drysaitel, of course. But then adding Connor Brown. Um, besides that, I think what also makes them a bit better than they were last year was the fact that Stuart Skinner has had a full season under his belt. Yes, I do think people that overrate him a little bit, but he's still a pretty good goalie. I have to give him that, and um, yeah. Full season under his belt, a playoff appearance under his belt, and so now it's just about getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think he's gonna make a big jump this year. So, goaltending wise, I think if uh, Stuart Skinner is um, able to play a bit better than he did last year, that we might see the Edmonton Oilers in a conference final. Yeah, and I have at my number one spot the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this team hasn't changed much since uh, they won the Cup, you know, five, four, five, six months ago. Yeah. Uh, it's virtually, when you go down the roster, it's virtually the same roster. Still got Robin Leonard on IR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of a Vegas hater in the playoffs. Like, I was not cheering for Vegas in any of the series. <laughs> Uh, whether it was against Dallas or in the finals against Florida, I know you had Florida and I had, or, sorry, I had Vegas. you had Vegas yeah. and I had Florida. Like yeah. I was just not rooting for these guys to win. Yeah. Something about it's Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson and Marcia So, Marcia so especially. Yeah. <laughs> Something about those guys, like I just thought they were like the Detroit Piston bad boy bully type of players, yeah. and I just was not um, happy that they kept winning. However, that being said, what they did and were able to do and were able to finally get that uh, first, you know, cup, cup win. And, you know, they had a very close shot against the Capitals, uh, almost taking it there their first, five years their ago. Their first year into the league. Yeah, oh like that was ridiculous. Let's, let's be honest. 
But they were like one shot away. You know, Holtby makes that ridiculous save in game four, game five that could have potentially swayed the series yep. in Vegas's favor. Yeah. Uh, that save isn't made. I feel like Vegas goes up, whatever it was, 3-2 or 2-1, whatever it was. And so anyways, for them to finally get that first uh, championship, I think was big. And the fact that they've kept almost everyone from that winning team on this roster, uh, they're just going to continue where they left off. Uh, nothing really jumps out at you when you look at stats on this team for a team who won the Cup. It's not like the Oilers uh, where you have guys in the 40 and 50 goal marks. Nothing really jumps out at you. It's, it's more of a team game for these Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it's relying on everyone. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's relying on everyone. Uh, there's not one premier kind of player. They every line kind of does their job and they pitch in and it kind of spreads out the production. So they don't rely on their big boys necessarily, um, and they don't need to because when you got Barbashev, Eichel, Marchessault, and then Stevenson, Stone, Howden, like, and Carlson as your third line center, like you're you're in a good spot. And what I think pushes them over a team, say, like the Oilers for right now, is goaltending. I was not really sure on Aiden Hill. That's a valid point. And the fact that he came into the series when, um, wow, what's his face got injured? Brassois. Yeah, when when Brassois got injured and, and Hill came in and was able to just completely steal the series like Bobrovsky did the entire, the entire yeah. playoffs, yeah. I just found that... Amazingly, like, I just was not expecting it. So, and it's like he woke up that one. I just want to say it was game player. two, game two or game three of that of the Oilers night series, where that one game it was Edmonton all game. Yeah, they dominated the entire game, and Aiden Hill stood on his head, and it was from that game where it was like his switch was on, and nothing you weren't going to beat him unless you had that perfect shot or that perfect play yeah and for that exact reason i think that they're uh they're better than the oilers and i like logan thompson as as a backup way better than jack campbell so yeah 100 percent. uh yeah there's not too much to say there their defense has always been really solid with martinez, martinez and Pietrangelo, Didor. and theodore yeah and then good. white cloud McNabb. like those are all serviceable guys yeah. that have proven uh yeah like i think their goaltending is better than the oilers and their defense is better than the Stars. So I think with that team together, I think that's that's why they'll finish, continue to finish first. So we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where I have it. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how our standings play out. I know last year we had some more similar standings, and those went, like, terribly. Like, we had Boston at six. Yeah. Which you think, like, before the season started, like, with players like Marshawn and, and them out, but... And McAvoy out, but they return very quickly, and so like yeah, within again, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, and well, we all know what happened with Boston, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that our predictions go a bit better than they did last year. But again, the season's about two weeks away. Um, I'm excited for hockey to get back on, and I am too. It's um, gonna be fun. yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna try to you know get these episodes pretty consistent this season. Um, we'll be back uh, with uh, another episode going over our predictions for the Eastern Conference standings. But uh, for now, thanks for um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning um, in, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be Take back. Take care. We'll be back.